This is the Naked Encore. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and like. For more information about us and all of our podcasts, go to historicmedia.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Naked Encore. I'm Vicki Ziegler. And I am Brian Krause. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Vicky? What's up? I feel like I haven't seen you, talked to you, heard from you, and it's probably my fault. Where you've been traveling? Listen, I'm in the Hamptons still, and I thought you were going to surprise me this weekend and come out with the uh, come out yeah. with the family. Yeah, Bill kept saying, did you ask Brian? And I was so busy this week, like work was crazy. I didn't even get to ask to get invited out there. <laughs> well, you got an open invitation. I tell you all the time. It's been a Beautiful few days here. Beautiful. I know. I know. I'm really, I want to come out. I can't wait. I think our dogs would really get along. <laughs> you, plus today I had a, I played tennis with Mitch, Mitch Proner, our, uh, our partner in Divorce So Easy. And let's just say he's a great lawyer, <laughs> but tennis is not his thing. <laughs> well, that's hysterical. He's a good guy and a good lawyer. I can't wait for our our site to be launched and ready to go. Divorce so easy. People helping one another get divorced without lawyers. And I think we're going to really help uh, change the landscape of how people get divorced. It was a great idea that you came up with and excited, excited for the masses to see what's happening in New Jersey and Pennsylvania first. Well, two years in the making, and I feel like we're so close, so close. We still got to work out a couple of the bugs, but it's actually working it's exciting. I tested it the last couple of days. I went back and forth on this spousal portal. I was actually playing the husband part and then, or the plaintiff. And then, you know, you go through all the questions and then you have to invite your spouse on. So then I sent the documents or the forms to myself as the spouse. So I was playing, you know, the plaintiff and defendant or otherwise known as husband and wife, or, you know, it could be husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever you want. And I'm, having actually a pretty fun time doing this because I'm making up the fact patterns, you know, while I'm going along and I'm like, wow, what could I do to myself, you know, and te- to really, to really test this thing and how challenging can I make this uncontested divorce and really test the machine, test the process. And I was just laughing to myself, coming up with some amazing stuff, you know, thinking to myself, well, you know, how could, if I was going through this and it's uncontested, Still, to protect myself, how could I maximize my divorce, maximize the settlement? Oh, shakalaka, look at you. You're going, revenge. How can I protect my assets? What can I do to keep everything for myself and screw my spouse? What? You say... (laughs) (laughs) But you're you're saying, boom, shakalaka. I mean, that sounds like you're reaching into your... uh, (laughs) Under the bed and grabbing your pistol is what you're saying. That's one way to, one way to, you know, move on and get a quickie and maximize your settlement. I think for this podcast, I think we're going to have to say, okay, there, here's a disclaimer. We don't recommend anyone do anything that is about to be discussed, but yes, have people killed their spouses before. So they don't have to pay support or share custody or get the life insurance. Of course they have, but we don't, we don't endorse that, do we, Brian? No, no, no. And, and again, maybe you ought to say that disclaimer one more time. I think <laughs> t- 
today we should just kind of rant a little bit, but in, in, in good fun and just kind of make up some crazy scenarios. The, the old what ifs. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen it all. We've heard it all. We've read it all. Um, so look, you know, honestly, you know, well, I don't know what another word for killing bonking off, um, uh, you know, well, like a- you said, boom, shaka. <laughs> there you go. Poof, they're gone. Uh, but we don't endorse that because then you'll be sitting in jail and you won't be enjoying yeah. all the fruits of your labor. <laughs> yeah, then your problems are just beginning. Oh, then I, you're gonna, I have to call Jason in my office. Uh, he's a criminal attorney. But you must have seen some crazy things over the years. I mean, both at, you know representing your client and also what was done to your client and defending your client. I mean, that's yeah. gotta be, anything come to mind that was like that you were dealing with is just like so like off the wall bonkers. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? A lot of people off the back are like, where can I hide my money? Right. Where do I transfer my assets? Like what's going on in the Cayman Islands? What's going on in this place? And, you know, as lawyers, you know, we always have to be very clear. You can't divorce plan. You can't, uh, you know, transfer assets out of names. You can't change insurances in most states once you've contemplated filing it for a divorce within a few months. So, you know, we always have to be so strict and stringent based on the law and the rules of professional conduct. But I think people are always asking, how do I skate the law? How do I protect my assets? How do I maximize how much I get and, and try to, you know, diffuse how much I have to give to my spouse? So you hear that all the time. And I think if you actually Google, I think someone was telling me how to save my assets in a divorce. I think there's like, I think millions of people have searched that over time. Well, have you dealt with crypto assets at all? Because that opens up a whole nother arena. So yeah, when it comes to crypto, there's no documentation. So it's very hard to prove how much you invested in an asset, how much you sold it for, what's in the account. So people are getting hip to that, you know, Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum. It's an interesting time now for divorce attorneys because we are, right, a court of proof, right? You always need evidence. So a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, if you can't prove what I have, I guess I don't have it. And that's not the case, but that's another kind of extreme way to be like, hey, sorry, don't have any proof of what I did. So I guess my investment isn't subject to distribution. Well, the crypto stuff is probably the easiest stuff to hide. But the other thing is the flip side of that is if you're not trying to hide it and if you're going through a divorce and you valued your assets or your crypto assets a month ago or two months ago, well, all of a sudden you wake up one day and those assets are 70% less in value. What do you do there? I mean, do you go back and can you get an adjustment? Really? No, most assets, especially if it's a it's a passive investment, right? It's going with the market or if it's an active investment, it really depends. But, it, you know, like, like, let's talk about real estate for a second. It has to be at the time you're actually getting divorced because we know that the real estate market's fluctuating. So a lot of people strategize, hey, should I get divorced now uh, based on the real estate? If that, that's our biggest asset and do I want it because the price is high do I want to get an appraiser for a lower value? Right. You know a little bit about that. You know all these real estate people, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I do, but not really when it comes to revenge divorce. Quite honestly, most of the guys I know that have gone through are pretty straight up. You know, everyone thinks of obviously the thought goes through your head, you know, how do I protect my assets? How do I get the most out of this while trying to be fair? And at the end of the day, I think you can either go around someone, you know, and try to be tricky. Or just go right through it. Be straight up. Be a good guy. And, you know, go out and make more money. 
Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the crazy people that are like, screw that. I don't follow the law. I want to get an appraiser and give them uh, some money behind the scenes, right? To give me a low value because I want to buy out my spouse. Gangster and, style. You just want to, you just want to be gangster. And yeah, these people do. And you know what? You can get caught. Remember that. Like, listen, when you talk to another person, whether they could be reporting you, um, there could be a backfield. One, two people are involved and one person finds out. You could have trouble on your hands, but you know what? There's a lot of people out there, right? You hear about, they just don't care. They'd rather do things the illegal way than pay their spouse and maximize how much they're going to get in a divorce. So let's just think out loud for a second. The number one asset that most couples have to divide when they're breaking up is their home. And somebody's got to value that home based on comps in the local area. So what if, if you're, if, if you're being tricky, you've got a relationship with the broker and you ask her to intentionally and purposely undervalue the home. Okay. And then, you know, maybe you'll tell her, look, undervalue this thing right now. And we can use that number as part of the settlement. And then when I go and sell the house, I'll make sure that you are my broker at, you know, five or maybe even jump it up an extra point to 6%. I mean, it must happen all the time. I mean, I would think so. You know, you hope that people don't do that. There's always a range, right? When they're taking, you know, comparative market analysis and they're doing estimates uh, as it relates to comps that have been sold. And, you know, with this market, people are going over ask. But you know what? I think there's people out there just like anything in any industry. There's amazing cops. And then you have a couple bad ones sprinkled in, right? You have good lawyers and you have ones that bend the rules and that's why they're not practicing. You have real estate, you know, agents that want business and they're willing to kind of bend the value. So I feel like they're out there, but that's why most courts take averages of two different appraisals because they know, right? A lot of times, possibly somebody could be undervaluing or overvaluing for a specific reason. Well, uh, Vicki, unless your spouse is just a total idiot, she's <laughs> going, she's going to realize that whatever value, whatever number comes in on the house, if it's two, look, plus or minus 10, 20%, you know, maybe you can get away with that. But if it's so ridiculously valued, all she's got to do is get her own broker and get her and, and get another, another estimate. Well, listen, if, if your spouse wants to buy the house and wants a low value, I think the smartest way to do it is say, thanks, I'll take that value and I'll buy it from you. 100%. Boom, shakalaka. Then all of a sudden, you got the benefit if you can afford it. So sometimes these tricky extreme positions could backfire, backfire, right? Guns up. So it really depends on who's in, on your side, who's on your team, who's giving you the advice. So you always have to, it's like a chess game in a lot of ways. But look, there's people out there that want to do things that you know they're not supposed to do. They don't want to follow the rules. And those are the extreme people. Like, hey, I have all this jewelry, right? Jewelry, watches, all these expensive items that were either purchased for gifts or purchased during the marriage for whatever reason, not for a specific event. And a lot of times in these divorces, I see people, you know, saying, wait, oh, I had all my jewelry in the safe. What happened? Somebody robbed us. Well, no, you went into the safe and emptied it. And it's very hard for people to get those items back. And judges are dealing with this all the time. Right? Are the, is the asset on your um, policy, your homeowner's uh, policy? Do well, you have now a you're writer? opening up, right? But now you're opening up the door for insurance fraud. 
that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. I mean, have you ever heard people saying, wow, well, now all of a sudden I know, you know, my husband probably stole it, but he's saying he doesn't have it. Let's make a claim for the insurance. And then there's a fight over who gets the money. Did you see that article last week of the guy in Barcelona? It was a U.S. guy on vacation in Barcelona, and he was basically jacked of his watch. He had a U-blow watch on that some guy jacked while he was uh, just walking around. Well, he puts a report in saying the watch was valued at $800,000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When in fact it was worth, they proved it was worth 40,000. Now the guy is arrested in Barcelona and they're keeping him there under some sort of insurance fraud rule in Spain. Oh my God. Well, there you go, everybody. That's what not to do. So we're talking about what people, you know, do to extreme measures and the fact that money becomes so paramount to them and that when they're upset and pissed off, they don't want to pay their exes. Um, but certainly it can backfire. Yeah. So what about jewelry? If it disappears or if you claim it's stolen, have you, have you, I'm sure you've come across that. Yeah. As we were talking about all the time, but I think, you know, there's some hardcore criminals out there that possibly could just be like, Hey, you know what, let's get, you know, get somebody on the street um, and take the ring and, I want the ring back or, you know, set them up or, you know, steal some stuff in your house. So look, I think people do crazy things, which is we don't condone it, but we've read about those kind of extreme positions that people take. And, you know, a lot of people want to hurt their spouses, not just like at the, in the wallet, you know, they, they want to make them pay. And, and, and that's unfortunate. You know, if we're talking about revenge divorce, what about custody of the kids taking custody from your spouse. That's the ultimate revenge. And I mean, again, it's, it, it sucks. Or if you think about someone using the kids as a weapon, well, it, it's a horrible thing, but if you really want revenge, if you're really looking to hurt your spouse, I mean, look, just imagine planting some sort of illicit drug, you know, in her car, you know, or on, on her person and then having her pulled over or arrested that girl's losing, or that person's losing custody. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible stuff. And I think people use their kids as pawns all the time to hurt them, knowing that it's hard for them to be away from their children. Uh, you know, you always, you know, you have clients and you want to believe them and you want to make sure that, you know, you're fighting for them. And I just think there's some bad people on the other side sometimes that say and do things that aren't true and you have to disprove that in court. And that's really unfortunate because you know what? The only people that lose are the children. Vicki, what about if you're taking the kids out of it? fake domestic violence accusations. Yeah, look, it's terrible. I think <laughs> misrepresenting or saying anything that's untrue, just look, isn't that your kind of moral compass? But people do say things that never occurred uh, to gain leverage in a divorce, to get somebody out of the house temporarily or permanently. So yeah, it happens all the time. And it's, it's sad. It's a difficult uh topic that we have to deal with all the time. And, and then you have the people that were really abused and don't say anything, right. Which is even kind of sadder to me. Yeah. But from a revenge standpoint, to me, there's nothing lower than when, so when someone makes a fake domestic violence claim, it is a very, very incredibly difficult accusation to defend yourself on, you know, it's tough, you know, yeah. also, and when it's real, li listen, when there's real domestic violence, well, that speaks for itself. There's nothing worse. That's got to be dealt with. But when it's a fake claim, 
and you're weaponizing that to get your spouse out of the house or for whatever reason, well, that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, I worked in a domestic violence uh, shelter in college, and I'll never forget this because it was one of those circumstances that, you know, most people believe that women are um, mostly battered, which is true. But there are occasions where men are abused as well. We, we may have touched on this once before in a podcast, but I, you know, when I was younger, I just I really didn't know about it. And I remember this guy coming in with two black eyes and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. And he was married to a woman and he said that she punched him out and it was just terrifying. But what happened was later on, there was some video footage. He punched himself in the eyes and set up his wife. And it was like this like shift. There was like criminal charges and domestic violence. And I think, I believe they were married from what I recall. But then all of a sudden it, it shifted from protecting the husband to protecting the woman and then filing charges against the husband because it was the public defender's office as well that I was um, interning in. And it was like one of those moments I was just like confused. I was like, wait a second. I thought men, right? Men are abused emotionally and physically. Absolutely, I understand that. But I really thought he was battered. By the woman, but it turned out not to be. So, like, I don't know. I was confused. People do do these things, and I think he was trying to gain leverage of the custody and try to get her out of the house. So, look again. It's it's everybody's you know personality is different, and I think people will go to certain extremes. And that was an extreme revenge move. The judge realized what was going on. Yes, finally. But I think only because I think his story didn't match up. And then there was some like audio. I don't think it was, I don't remember it was video footage because it was so long ago. You know, now everything's on cell phone. But um, there was something that proved him wrong. And um, yeah, I think he actually went to jail, by the way, for a short period of time for the fake uh, allegations. So I don't know, you know, (laughs) people do some crazy things when they're pissed off and they're emotional. And I like the whole concept of kind of, getting divorced or having a breakup, you know, and being like, all right, I'm, it's time to rebuild. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. I'm making money. I was a stay-at-home mom and now I'm out there and I could, you know, financially survive on my own. I lost 30 pounds. I'm happy now. Like that to me gets me excited. This extreme- That's the ultimate revenge. You divorce someone who's fat, out of shape, just beat up. All of a sudden they get divorced. They get, they're happy. They start working out. They start eating right. They start sleeping and you know, they're dressing better. All of a sudden you've got a little hottie, right? And you've just divorced this, 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 this troll that became a, a princess, right? A beauty. That's the ultimate revenge. You know, it's like kind of saying, Hey, you know what? Fuck you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm better. Forget about good. I'm better than ever. And, you know, I think, a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, when you're in a marriage for a long time, you know, you don't wear the sexist lingerie to bed and you maybe, you know, don't work out and you kind of like lose yourself a little bit with children and in the marriage. And I think kind of getting that reboot sometimes with this revenge lift, like your face is, you know, you get some work done, you get some Botox, whatever it is, a good facial, your body, you start just feeling, you know, better about yourself. You're healthy, you're in the sauna, you're sweating it out. You're getting therapy and you're just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back bigger and better than ever because you get my, you get married in your 20s and you feel great and you look great. 
And then things happen, right? We have children, your body changes, you have stress. So sometimes it gives people that recharge. Um, so I think that revenge, body, mind, lift, face is just is amazing. Although the flip side of that is, you know, whether it's the guy or the woman or, or whatever, they move on and they get remarried to somebody half the age, someone who's in shape, someone who has it all. And, you know, what's better revenge than that? Revenge dating. Uh, I think, yeah, you go to a party where your ex is and you have your, you know, young stud that's 10 years younger looking good on your arm. Or That's it. Hey, look at me. <laughs> hey, baby, where's the beat? And, uh, you know, I, I think, look, I, I'm happy for people that uh, get that, you know, newfound happiness and have those new relationships and just enjoy their single life. So I think that's important. So, um, which, which by the way, and we kind of went on a tangent with this podcast, but the, the whole idea of the naked encore is your encore. It's life after a breakup or divorce. It's, you know, what you do to move on and to better yourself. And that's exactly what we're talking about now. You know, it's get your ass in shape. You know, what does it take to you, you know, what does your encore look like? You, you know, is it, is, is, is it physical? Is it mental? Is it spiritual? You know, what is that new beginning look like? And yeah. that's the revenge, you know, happiness just to be happy, right? That's the ultimate revenge. You go through it and this guy or this woman makes you fucking miserable. Well, now all of a sudden, you know what? You moved on and you're happy. Totally. You're not letting the, this other person get to you anymore. You know, it's like, you've kind of, You've put up that body armor to say, you know what? You can't hurt me anymore. Yeah, I think I think you're 100 percent right. I think happiness. I was doing a, like kind of an informal poll. I'm always talking to people being like, you know, after you, you know, you dump somebody or you get dumped or you after a divorce, like, what are you looking for? So I think the ultimate revenge is complete happiness, joy, peace. Right. Not fighting, not being kind of tormented, uh, making money. Right. Getting that money, getting that paper, going to the bank. And looking and feeling good and, and really enjoying, you know, your life. Because listen, what else do we have? You know, the people around us and, and you have to create your own joy. So for me, I, I see people, you know, going through their worst and then picking up the pieces. And that to me is the ultimate revenge. I love that. And for those that are looking to hide their assets to maximize the settlement, what about just staying married, right? I mean, think about that. It's cheaper to keep her, right? <laughs> That's what they say. I don't I know. Mean, maximize the settlement. Stay married. Then you don't have to give away anything. But I think that's an old adage. I feel like so many women are breadwinners now. It's like it's maybe they're cheaper to keep him. Maybe we have to start changing the narrative. Either way. Either way. But the point is the same. You right? hear me? Yo, but you hear me. Yes, you do. You know, why, go, <laughs> why, why split your assets? Stay married. Right. But stay married because you don't want to maximize how much you get or you don't want to give up half. But if you're unhappy and the joy is sucked out of you, does that make sense? No, no. You've got to be able to deal with it. But if you can coexist together in a married relationship, well, I mean, that's one way of doing it. Right. Some people do that and then they have, you know, girlfriends or boyfriends or both on the side. Right. And they think it's best. However, when they get caught or if they get caught, then their spouse gets angry and then they want to maximize their divorce settlement. And then we're back at square one like we started. 
Nikki, what's a revenge lift? So what I'm seeing, women and men, okay, not just women, people are getting these crazy facials, which, you know, I love. I always talk about them. Botox fillers, threads, where they don't have to go under the knife. But if you go under the knife, God bless, you know, you just do your homework and go to somebody good. They're doing their booties. Their booties are getting sculpted, tighter, less cellulite. They're doing all these face, uh, sorry, they're doing all these body treatments. Uh, They're sweating in saunas and in blankets. I mean, the revenge lift is from head to toe and people are going nuts. Fox eyes, whatever makes you feel good that you can walk into a room and be proud of who you are, where you've come from and keep your divorce, you know, scars on, go for it. And again, the flip side is that the guy gets that new sports car, some new clothing, shows up with a, you know, brand new young hottie. And intentionally, he may not be happy, but he'll parade her around right in front of his ex. And, you know, hey, honey, look at me. Look how good I'm doing. Look how happy I am. But are you happy when you do that? Or is that tempting? No, it's revenge. Of course you're not happy. <laughs> he was probably a lot happier when he was with her. You know, they just weren't, they weren't able to work through the issues. I agree with you. I think, does revenge make you happy? Or are you just re- trying to do the revenge tactics to make your ex unhappy or think like, oh, they made a mistake and should have kept you and lost the best thing they ever had? Yeah, it's temporary happiness just for a moment, right? And then it's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? This is just ridiculous. It is. So is there revenge for yourself or for someone else, right? I feel like you have to do it for yourself. Oh, we're talking totally. about psychos here, right? And crazy people. But we're we're really we're really talking, you know, and, and focusing on the people that listen to us and that are good human beings and just want to be happy and move on from a bad relationship. So, Vicky, let's wrap this thing up. The tip of the day, what would you say yours is? What's your tip of the day for our listeners? I would say it's living well, feeling good, looking good, breathing in that air and loving life. A hundred percent. Just let your ex-spouse know how happy you are. You're happier without them than with them. They will just be miserable knowing that, Vicky. Miserable. And if not, wait a second. And if that doesn't work, what's the alternative? Fucking kill them. <laughs> just Boom, get rid shakalaka. of them. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. Remember to subscribe, download, and like. We look forward to your comments and to seeing you all next week.